walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, in this art he is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle, otherwise known as the hardest part of the ring. How we doing today, everybody? We're here. By golly, we're here. I've been uh, I've been waiting for this day for a long time. TNA, Bound for Glory, two thousand six. One of my uh, one of my personal favorite shows uh, from TNA. At least I thought. I'll say that because look, I love this show for 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 a couple reasons, uh, mainly. Because it hails from Detroit, Michigan. More importantly, it does not hail from Orlando, Florida, in the Impact Zone. Look, the Impact Zone, it has its charm, but man, it's just nice for them to kind of venture out every once in a while. And it was nice. This show, this show feels like a pay-per-view, is basically the thing here. We're in Detroit. It's a bigger audience. It's got different setup. You don't have the traditional tunnels. Um, a more traditional, like in, in the scheme of wrestling, just a more a stage with a ramp leading to a ring. Um, but it felt his felt grand. It felt special and bound for glory. While this is only their second iteration of it is, uh, it's their WrestleMania. If you're not aware, it's what they build to all year. And we see that in the main event with Jeff Jarrett and Sting. They've been building to this pretty much since the moment Sting debuted back in I think January, I believe it was. So but that being said, man, and that and Sting and Jarrett is, is one example. There's a lot of things on this show that are, were not as good as I remember. I mean, talking about Jarrett, we'll, we'll talk about this in the podcast. I'm not going to I'm not going to harp too much about it here, but it just seems like and there was a lot of personal stuff going on backstage, which may have contributed to it. Um, it's almost like they gave up on Sting and Jeff Jarrett. Like, dude, in the beginning of the year, they were like stalking Sting at his house and at his kids' baseball games. They were brutally attacking him. Scott Steiner came in. They bashed him with a guitar to end Destination X. It seems like every pay-per-view, Sting was getting his ass. Like, in, in a couple a couple months ago, Sting and Jarrett at Hard Justice, I believe it was, where Christian turned on him. It's a whole thing, right? And it feels like that all kind of the build. And again, we'll talk about this in the podcast, but it feels like the build just kind of wasn't there for Sting and Jarrett in this final stretch. Mainly, I believe, and I think this is a common theme throughout this entire show, 
Kurt Angle is in TNA now. We saw that at the end of No Surrender. Kurt Angle's coming to TNA, and he appeared on Impact the week before this show in his debut appearance. And this is the famous spot with the headbutt to Samoa Joe. And now he's here at Bound for Glory. He's the special enforcer in the main event. Plus, there's some other Kurt Joe shenanigans throughout this pay-per-view that we're about to cover. So it seems to me Kurt Angle came in and just shook everything up. Like nothing else matters but Kurt Angle. And uh, which is it warranted? Maybe a little bit, but it feels like everything kind of just felt a little secondary. Maybe that's just me. Although there were some good stuff uh, on this show. Christian and Rhino, uh, they have a street fight on this show. That's probably the strongest feud going at this point. And uh, it was a pretty good match as well. Um, Low Keys and uh, Chris Saban for the X Division title, a rematch. We talked a lot in my last TNA show, No Surrender. Um, they were doing all the jackass stuff. It was really bad. But here at Bound for Glory, man, they more than made up for it. In my opinion, maybe stealing the show, Chris Saban and Loki. Just some good stuff throughout this entire show. You got the steel cage match between LAX and AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels for the tag titles. You got uh, gauntlets. You got other matches. Monsters Ball. They're all over the place with this show. Some good stuff. Some bad stuff. Some stuff that's just um, puzzling, I guess would be the word. But we got a lot to get into. So like I said, I keep saying it over and over. I keep saying I'm not going to keep babbling, but I just keep babbling. We're going to get into it. But first of all, let me tell you this. If you like this era of TNA, hell, you like TNA in general. Or maybe... You're not too familiar with TNA. You would like to see how this company has progressed, how uh, a lot of stars we see today were birthed, their early days, some legends during this era appear in and out. You want to see, if you want to follow this wacky-ass timeline, I suggest you, hypothetical listener, go to apronbump.com and go to the Episodes tab at the top and select you can select any promotion, any era, any timeline that I cover. I cover a bunch of stuff. But if you want to filter it down to just TNA, go ahead, take those little fingies, and shut up, Outlook. Go and uh, select TNA in the Episodes tab, and that'll bring you to all of the TNA episodes I've covered. And I cover them chronologically, and I started from Victory Road 2004, their first uh, monthly three-hour pay-per-view. And I've covered every single one up until now. Uh, almost two years worth at this point. Um, and now we're at Bound for Glory 2006. It's a fun ride, a wacky ride. I strongly suggest you go and binge away because it's always a good time talking about this era of TNA. Um, it has its ups and downs, but I think we're in a, in, a, in a major up period for TNA. Lots of good stuff going on. Follow me on all the social medias while you're at it, while you're just doing stuff, while you have, you have your, hang, your hand on the mouse or whatever the hell. Go to Twitter, go to X, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, MySpace, TikTok, analglands.com. Go follow me at Apron Bump all across the board, keeping it easy for you. And who else should I plug? Oh, maybe the guest on this show, the lovely, lovely Italian pistachio cake, Frank Mandolini from the last minute wrestling podcast. One of my favorite. I'm definitely my go to TNA guest for sure. Uh, Frank 
kind of on a little bit of a hiatus on his podcast, but his stuff, he does a lot of great interviews and things like that that are very evergreen. So it, it'd be worth going back and checking out the Last Minute Wrestling Podcast. I'll put all his info in the description below. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Frank does a lot of good work. He's a great follow on social media as well. So if nothing else, follow the boy on uh, the Twitters and whatnot. So, and he's handsome and he has a, a lovely, lovely accent. So like, what more could you ask for? I mean, you feel like you're just being greedy if you want anything more than that. Um, but always a good time with Frank. And we have a good old time talking some TNA on this show. So with that, let's just dive right in, shall we? TNA, Bound for Glory. 2006 with myself and Frank from the last minute wrestling podcast, man, DMV yeah. represented. I like it. Absolutely. I like it. How many yeah. Dave Matthews concerts have you been to? I think like five, five. Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah. I'm around the yeah. same boat, like three or four ish, maybe, but it's every time, man. Yeah. And uh, they, they don't come often here in Italy, so it's more right. difficult to, to get to see them. He's actually from my state. He actually lives, I don't know if he still lives there, but he's from like three hours north of me. So I'm a little spoiled. Virginia? Yes, sir. You're a real yes, Virginian. Something like a that. Real, a real virgin or something like that. Hey, come on. We, I, kept, I told you that in confidence. I don't know why you're just <laughs> telling everybody that. Because I want to be the one who pops your cherry, mate. Well, I'm saying I tell my wife every night that I'm saving myself for Frank. So, and she's like, "Who's Frank?" And I'm for like, an, "Mind your damn business." For an handsome, for an handsome Italian guy, yeah, yeah, I, I get. That. I mean, yeah, and she's like, "Oh, that makes sense." Um, yeah. Speaking of popping cherries, yeah. Um, I didn't really have any segue. No, but how, how you been, man? It's been a while. Uh, I've been working a lot, actually. I've been uh, yeah. uh, not producing podcast content for like the past since WrestleMania, basically. Right. Since WrestleMania, I decided to like go on permanent hiatus, as the cool kids say. Mm. And uh, let's see if I will have the time to resume doing my podcast. Probably changing the format because uh, one interview per week is uh, not doable to me uh with yeah. my work schedule that i have at the moment but yeah uh, apart from that i've been good i've been good and i've been spending way less time on twitter and way less time with uh, psychotic wrestling friends <laughs> wrestling, not friends wrestling fans right uh, so yeah, yeah. uh fuck you mean em. x fuck em you're, you're not on the x anymore you're an xxer yeah yeah uh, are you xing on x <laughs> i'm uh, i'm xing less and less as the days less go on less. i'm like you yeah, yeah. um and uh I, I see that we agree on many opinions so yeah that's yes i i understand i understand why i wouldn't have brought you on several times if i didn't uh i guess you could disagree <laughs> with somebody and you know not hate them yeah. i guess that's possible you wouldn't know it yeah. with, with x and twitter and stuff like that but <laughs> yeah uh, my, my my experience of wrestling consumption has been very very good since uh since spending less time on twitter or whatever wrestling is so much better if you're not tweeting while watching it or even looking at twitter 
or any yeah, social media really wrestling is better if it's not shared <laughs> yes <laughs> keep it to your damn self keep it as, to yourself as we are recording a podcast for other people to listen to but tna <laughs> tna is its own thing right it doesn't apply T- to TNA is different T- tna is the best uh, and fuck the rest or whatever says kurt yeah. angle in a in a very sketchy bro <laughs> yeah. we got a uh we got a lot of kurt angle to talk about on this show it almost oh, seems yeah. like because Kurt Angle was just announced that he's coming to TNA at the last pay-per-view, no surrender. And yes. it feels like they just put a full stop on everything and just, here's Kurt Angle, here's Kurt Angle. At least that's how I felt. But <laughs> um, I guess we, could, we can delve more into that later. But I, I guess overall, man, Battle for Glory 06, what you think about it? it? Was, I think it was a great pay-per-view. I, th- I think it was, yeah. uh, was a great show and uh, had some really strong matches towards like second half of the show uh first half was like so and so but some at least it was everything was funny at least to me so yeah, yeah i i think it was uh worth watching i mean mid 2000 tna is the best tna as we all know mm-hmm. and uh and uh, I'm glad I'm glad I had the chance to revisit some of that uh, every time you invite me on your show, man. So right. thank you so much for this. Yeah, no, no Monty Brown on this show. No Triton. No, uh, I unfortunately, I don't think there are any Nazis. I could be wrong, though. Um, uh, no, no, no Nazis. No Nazis. Sorrel, but Sorrel. I have, but I have something for you uh, up my sleeve. You, Uh-oh. you will. We, we, we will. We will get to that. Oh man. Little tease, little little yeah. a little edging yeah. on our way there. Yeah, so, I get it. So your so your listeners keep listening. That's this guy. This guy knows how to podcast. Yeah. This is why I bring you on. Yeah. A marketing genius. You're like the Jake Roberts to my uh abyss. You you guide me, <laughs> you know? It's more foreshadowing, folks. <laughs> mm-hmm. We might we might not even get to it. We might just do all foreshadowing and leave it there. That's a concept. Yeah. Or we can uh show each other our our own pythons ah yes you know i hear snakes grow when they get excited <laughs> yeah penises but we'll get to that um but yeah man bound for glory I, 06 i don't know why you, on your show on your show everyone talks about penises i, I don't know why don't know what's a, that? i'll take what's partial blame <laughs> it's like it's kind of my defense mechanism sometimes ah here's my cock and then it kind of yeah it's everybody ideas <laughs> Yeah, Good. of course. A blessing and a curse. You must More be great at parties. No, I'm pretty terrible. Um, <laughs> I either fight people or, you know, just or pet the cat in the corner or yeah. show my cock. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody, for the next for the next five minutes, everybody look at my cock. Like, it's <laughs> less like that. Look, Which, mine's not one I can just whip out. I need to prepare it. We need to get a little fluff, a little heat, put it over the yeah. stovetop maybe a little bit. I can't just take it out willy-nilly you know and I, that's not yeah. me yeah I, I know i know it's not for everybody i mean you save right. it for the best occasions i get that i do this right yes i mean we're not all like you with a big calzone in your pants ready to be just unleashed you know <laughs> is that an italian yeah. thing or is that like an american thing that we took from italy and just kind of made, made it stupid uh no, no no it's an italian thing it's an italian okay the, the calzone it's called which means trousers does it really yeah yeah, oh, I love so trousers. Plural in Italian. Yeah. Okay. Look, we're we're learning. Yeah. We're learning ton, yeah, ton see, of things today. You see, we jump from like talking about cocks and learning languages. See, that's that's breadth. 
No, we call. I have, we, go, we go deep. I have and... another one for you, a very quick one. Please. Do Do you know that John Cena's name, like surname, Cena, it's actually an Italian word? Oh, yeah? Do tell. Yeah. And it's not pronounced Cena. It's pronounced Cena, which means dinner. Oh, so... So he is Giovanni Cena. Giovanni, yes. Giovanni, yes. yeah. Is that, is that what John's short for? Man. Yes. Who would have known? Yeah. Well, in my head, he'll be Giovanni Cena from now on. He's yeah, delicious, Giovanni right? Chena. Something of like course. that. Yeah. Uh, but you know what else is delicious? It's Bound for Glory, 2006. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, this is one of my... Um, and at least in my... I'll say this... I don't know if the show, I think I had high expectations for this show because this is like one of the shows that like when I first started watching TNA, it was just like a, this huge yeah. thing because they're in Detroit. They're out of the impact zone, which is like a very rare thing. So it automatically oh, yeah. made it feel special. Just a change in scenery was was great, like alone. Um, there were some good matches on this show, but there were a lot of weak points, I think. But yeah, and I, I found fascinating. Sorry if I interrupt you, but uh, oh, we just had a SummerSlam in Detroit, and now we yes. visit a much better show in Detroit. Which oh, is okay. Bound for Glory 2006. We'll I enjoyed SummerSlam, but, but yeah, this this show I can I can put Bound for Glory 2006 against SummerSlam anytime. I don't hate that opinion. I think I might be inclined to agree. To be honest, yeah, it was a but, good I mean, show. Yeah. Um, well, some parts of it were, but we'll get into that. But yeah, what do you think of the change in scenery? Because you know they don't have their uh, typical tunnel set up; they have a more traditional yeah. one stage, the big. You know, it's a bigger arena. At least it seemed yeah. like it to me. It was just it had a different vibe to it, which made it feel like a pay per view, which is kind of like the main hindrance of TNA pay per views. If they're all in the impact zone, they kind of feel like just impacts. But this one felt like a pay per view, which is why it's one of my favorite shows. But yeah, what do you think of yeah, the vibe this- of this show? Yeah, this one f- felt felt different, and uh, yeah, uh, from the opening package, and uh, and uh, yeah, the, the seeing more people in the arena helped, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yes, you had, oh, yeah, like, for sure. Uh, it's it, it's the first pay per view, as you said, it's the first pay per view where uh, Kurt Angle appears. So mm-hmm. you might want to have like a bigger arena for that. So uh, I I like that. I like that idea. Right, and I mean, you have to have a big arena for the Kevin Nash Open Invitational X Division Gauntlet Battle Royal oh, at Bound yeah. for Glory. So, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is the match that I have more notes. <laughs> I took more notes about you know what? which every every note ends with a question mark. <laughs> I, I think I might one, be on the same boat too, yeah. No, the please. first one, the first the first note is Zach Gowan. <laughs> now I have a question. I have a, I have a question about Zach. Because obviously, for anyone unaware, has one leg. Yeah. That's his thing. Yes. Yeah. But per the rules of an over-the-top battle royal, which is what this is, both feet have to touch the floor. So does that give him an unfair advantage? Is my question. Is he actually the winner, and we just don't know it? I think he's the winner, and he has been from 2006 to 2023. Yeah, that's. Unbeaten at this match. <laughs> well, maybe we can finally finish the Kevin Nash Open uh, sometime in Impact, <laughs> sometime down the road here in the future. Yeah, and th- I love that time of DNA where Kevin Nash uh, just said, uh, "Fuck it, let's do silly things with those vanilla midgets <laughs> stuff like that." I <laughs> adore this. Yeah. that. 
he was clearly Dude. enjoying the fact that he did not have to wrestle and uh, <laughs> it just <laughs> the, the stupid stuff like the well he's going to revitalize the x division franklin you see he's yeah. um because he's a well-known high flyer himself like he he kind of, of he's kind of a pioneer of the x division style so he's here to kind yeah. of bestow his knowledge to these youngins here uh yeah, absolutely coming out here so kevin nash is here obviously in his giant suit i mean it's the biggest mm -hmm. suit i've ever seen in my life yeah um and he has a trophy it's a big trophy for the winner mm -hmm. but uh there might be a bowler on top of it not a wrestler but that's details we don't really care about right <laughs> no no who cares no. who cares um and so the rules of this so two people start and people come out in i don't know every minute or two minutes doesn't really matter um and it's over the top rope rules until it's the final two and then it becomes mm -hmm. a match which is a stipulation that i like like tna gets shit for like the yeah. complex stipulations but i feel like that makes sense in this context yeah, um of course but i'm not even gonna we're just gonna kind of stumble upon names in this match as we get to them i guess but there's like i don't know 12 13 people in this uh let's can we talk about the new x division sensation that is a one for a second a one yeah from team canada <laughs> from I, team canada he was, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Team Canada, and uh -huh. uh, so it was. They apparently, after the Team Canada dis disbanded, uh, they recycled him, like in the X Division, not to be seen again forever since 2006, oh, probably. Don't tell me that. Oh, I had I had high hopes for him facing going you know, Ultimate X matches, Elevation X matches. I wanted to see a one in those, but you're telling me that doesn't happen. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think I think it's not gonna be part of the world title picture. Let's say that. Damn. Well, I'll I'll just hold hope that you're misremembering as I continue on this journey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but we do have uh. So to start, we got Sanjay Dutt mm -hmm. taking on Austin Star. Star, a star is born. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Austin uh, Star. I I've in fact so when he uh, participated at the was it cruiserweight classic. No, even before that, he was it was in TNA. He had that world title mm -hmm. round later, like right. in 2012 yep. or something like that. And I remembered him as Austin Star because uh, I had no idea about his real name. <laughs> I, I was say, like, yeah, I, I was. This is how I was introduced to Austin Aries was as Austin yeah. Star. So it was like, yeah. <laughs> me too. The same I, was, I was like, why Austin Star changed his gimmick to Austin Aries? Yeah, but. Because he's here, he's uh, so he had a little, he had a brief stint in TNA before this. This is when him and Alex mm -hmm. Shelley and like even Roddy Strong, like they were all introduced, but they were all kind yes. of the same, just short hair, tights, guys. Yeah. So it's it's good to see like both Austin Aries and Alex Shelley later in this match. Both mm -hmm. it's like a year later after that, and they both have these really like strong, well, yes, very dramatic characters. Let's say. Um. So they're they're figuring things out, but. Yeah, Austin Starr <laughs> debuting here. And uh, man, so him and Sanjay go at it for a bit. I mean, the action, I don't have a ton of notes on the action. I just have uh, No, some... it's it's impossible. You just have to, to have notes about the names. What do you think? Uh, what are your thoughts of Sorelda, who makes <laughs> yeah, a ton of an appearance is, in this match? This is note number two that your pal Frank took. So yeah. note number two. Who the fuck is Zerelda and why is she dressed as Funaki? <laughs> that's, 
<laughs> that is my note. So her only other pay-per-view appearance, I believe, or she might have had two, whatever it is, but it was a few months ago, and my guests also compared her to Funaki. <laughs> yeah. It's like, sure. it's so on the nose, the blue, you know, yeah. short, the tights, shorts, and the white top. It's like, but she was, um, she the winner. DNA number one. <laughs> DNA number one announcer. Is that? She was the winner of Gut Check, which I don't know if you're familiar with Gut Check, but it was oh, her yeah. and, uh, I forgot who the male winner was. Apparently it didn't matter, um, but she, Sorelda was actually involved with AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels for a while. She was like their female member to um, to stop Gail Kim, basically to feud okay. with Gail Kim because they were feuding with AMW. So she was there to neutralize Gail Kim. But it was very brief. And I mean, I don't think I've heard her ever have a promo or anything. So I don't know if she was just bad on the mic or what, but that's probably why we <laughs> haven't she- heard of her. <laughs> And she spent like 30 seconds in the ring. I mean, the, when she entered, everybody was like, Don West, of course, the late great, was like, mm-hmm. oh, Serelda. It's like 30 seconds later, she's gone. <laughs> okay. Did you pop Thanks. more for Serelda or Shocker? <laughs> Shocker. Shocker remains my number right. one. Because you at least knew him from the McDonald's commercial, right? So No. <laughs> no oh, idea nobody did. Uh, nobody did. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Sorelda was in there for like 30 seconds, like you said. And in, the, in those 30 seconds, she got bitch slapped by Kazarian and kicked right in the pussy by Austin Starr. So that was her contribution is, to this match. Which is on point with Austin Starr behavior in TNA later on. What, what <laughs> it's very on brand, to, to right? So yeah. Val. yeah, it's, it's on brand, yeah. I mean, she sold it, though. The low blow yeah. from Austin and Don West is like, oh, I don't know if that's going to do anything to her. But judging look from... Judging from her look, she might have a, a bigger clitoris than our penises combined. So yeah, yeah. definitely got she, some china. Yeah, yeah, veins in it for sure. A head. She uses it as a scarf. It's a penis. Okay. Um, yeah. Then Zach Gowan comes out, <laughs> and uh, we yeah, talked about him. I don't think he lasted too long either. Um, I don't know any. Yeah. What what other notes kind of sparked your interest here? I had like D-Ray three thousand. And I, of course, I, I, I had never heard of him, of course, but I was like, I think Heya was still very fashionable in 2006. You know, oh. Andre, Andre 3000, D-Ray 3000. He had the same hair. Like, mm. probably was that what he was going for? I guess, right? I, I don't know what I else. I think so. Why would you call yourself D-Ray 3000? So apparently, because Shark Boy is in here as well. And I of guess course. at one point they were a tag team. I don't know if this is like during the asylum years yeah. of TNA, um, but I was not aware of D-Ray at all, nor the <laughs> partnership. And ultimately didn't. Really, I mean, he was kind of like a like an Andre, um, oh, Eric Andre. Are you familiar with the comedian? Mm-hmm. Yes. Kind of had that kind of vibe to him, but um, yeah. he wasn't too long for this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Norman Smiley's here. I mean, the big wiggle. Oh, he has. Was, so he, yeah. him and. Uh, What's his name? Short sleeve Samson is here. Yeah, yeah, it was was what about I was about to see uh, to say that. Yeah, that was weird. And you big uh, short sleeve Samson guy. <laughs> no, no, he's. Uh, I can say I can say this is my favorite match of this. <laughs> he's. Uh, I don't know if <laughs> he had any. Because uh, TNA had a minis division at some point. I don't know if he was a part of that or not. But uh, he's here. He has to get help from Slick Johnson to get in the ring because he's a little person. 
Um, And him and Norman do the big wiggle and the little wiggle next to each other. Um, Shelly and Austin, I think it was. Yeah, that's Um, wrestling. What else we got here? Oh, Slick Johnson's here. He like gets because short sleeve Samson gets eliminated and he chases Slick Johnson. I don't know if they're like related or if they have some sort of past. I don't really care. But gold, probably. Yes. Yes. Well, short, short Dick Samson apparently doesn't like Slick. So he chases him around the ring into the ring. So Slick is in the ring and he's like, oh, I guess I'm in the match now. And he takes his shirt off and. Pretty much gets eliminated is, right away, and he is more jacked that uh, that than half of the competitors in the ring. <laughs> more jacked than the Ray three thousand for sure. But then we have more. my hero, Elix Keeper, mm. coming in, and he gives himself a concussion immediately <laughs> in the most spectacular way. I mean, this is a guy who oh, yeah. who walked then. Uh, Unimaginable heights above a cage to do right. what was like a hurricane rada, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is to this day I think the the best TNA. It's the best spot ever. in TNA history for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. It's that everybody says the best match is the unbreakable three way, and uh, this is the the best spot, the the, the mm-hmm. one that people remember. In this yeah. match, however, <laughs> however, it wasn't as smooth let's say this well so, <laughs> so he looks he's like they they try to capitalize on him walking the cage but man he just it's amazing how botchy he is but the cage spot he was able to hit like thank god he, he didn't botch yeah, that because yeah. that could have been very bad but like he tried to incorporate that in his offense like he would set his opponent on the top rope and then walk on the ropes and run to him but it would always look clunky and bad yeah um so but, basically, uh, yeah, I don't know if you remember what happened here in this match, uh, but basically, me. it it just it just enters the ring, goes immediately on the top rope on the on the la- left corner, mm-hmm. and uh, probably stumbles on his own feet or something because <laughs> no one was around him. No, well, let me and, tell you. So he was on the top rope, and I think it was Kaz was doing a springboard off the top rope, like adjacent yeah. to him and i think that like shook the ropes and oh, knocked him down okay so okay. it wasn't on him plus elix did hit a really slick looking uh springboard moonsault right before that so i okay, won't put okay. it all on elix here in this match but it is funny just how unlucky this dude is like because yeah he hops to the top rope after that moonsault and kaz does like something over the top rope and it's like oh and then he falls right on his fucking head and that's pretty much yeah. it for him in this one. And he spent he spent the rest of the match in the corner sitting because he was clearly concussed in my opinion. Vomiting, probably. Yeah. 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 It was like he wasn't moving. It was the, and, <laughs> and you had people like fake punching him. I was right. There. <laughs> I, I, I I can't even remember how he was eliminated. Uh, to be honest. No, I don't think it really matters. He might not even been on camera for all we know. Um, Oops. let me ask you this. Does anyone have worse attire than Maverick, Matt, and Kazarian here? <laughs> what the hell are we doing here? Kazarian was very like Britney Spears, circa 2000, like with those <laughs> denim uh, with light neon stuff. Right. Uh, They're like I, gay I, I, cowboy I like pants. Yeah. But they also have like rips in the front, like they're trying to yes. be like... 
I don't know. It's just a mix of different things that I don't think works. <laughs> I guess I they're mean, trying to have a character. I mean, in 2006, that worked. I I, I, I remember a lot of people were used to have that ripped jeans. You're so. right. Maybe I'm just looking with 2020, 2023 eyes and... I mean, look at us now. Look at how we dress sharply in this very moment. So, I mean, but if yeah. you compare with with what we did in 20, uh, 2006, so we have to be more forgiving. Ooh. What 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 does a Frank Mandolini outfit look like in two thousand six? In two thousand six, yes, Frank Mandolini had long blonde hair. Oh, up, <laughs> down to my butt, more or less. Yeah. And uh, I will send you a picture so you can show it to your Please, audience. I'll make it the thumbnail. Yeah. And uh, um, I had no beard, long hair. Uh, I was like probably like with a like a band's t-shirt, just like now. Mm, yeah. Uh, and and like how do you call it? Like the the big uh, trousers uh, with a like at the end cargo pants. Are, no, not cargo cargo pants. Uh, I, I don't know. The Boot cut jeans, Jenko uh, <laughs> jeans. Like the 70s style with very large oh, uh, jeans. Uh, okay. Um, Zubaz? No, those are Pro- something else. Probably. I, no I can picture well, it in my head, though. I can picture it. That's all and, I need. And, I'll put that in the spank bank. And probably with, uh, with some old stars on my feet. Oh, okay. I like it. I like yeah. it. That it was... was a- uh, I, I also had blonde hair for a bit. I didn't have long hair, but I had the uh, boy band kind of tips. Um, I was big into undershirts and uh, t-shirts, uh, mm-hmm. g- cargo jeans, cargo cargo jeans, uh, or carpenter jeans, whatever. Okay. Uh, skate shoes of some sort, even though I never skated. Uh, oh yeah, me yeah, no beard either. That was that was a treat. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. <laughs> um. But I might, I might have looked like Austin Star here, you could say. But speaking of which, um, he, him oh, and fl- him. Fl- sorry, sorry, I googled it. Flared pants is what I, the word. Oh, I was thank God! For. Thank God, I you got that answer. Pants. People, you can't yeah. leave people on the on the cliffhanger now like you that. Can, now you can picture me with flared pants. And oh, I've, sorry, yeah. sorry if I, sorry if I interrupt you again. No, please. In, in two thousand and six, uh, there was the uh, what you call soccer World Cup which Italy uh-huh. won. And uh, I cannot give a shit about football. But <laughs> right. it was it was an okay, I'm very atypical. Uh, but uh it was an occasion to get drunk as fuck with my friends because yes. of course. And I vividly remember that we were watching the the game at my friend's house. Uh, and uh, when we came out, I had two cans of beer, uh very cheap beer. It was like 39 cents, 39 cents per, per uh, can of Oof. beer. So extremely cheap shit. And yeah. uh, I mean, I'm drunk. We just won the world championship or in my head, the world heavyweight championship. Right. How did you think that I celebrated with two cans? You got to smash them together, right? Of course I did. Of course yeah. I did. It was like, I, I was so fucking drunk. I thought I was Stone Cold Steve Austin. I was Hell like, yeah. yeah. What? Hell yeah. Hell <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very Italian. Very Italian. <laughs> he stole that gimmick from Shark Boy. I'll never forgive Steve Austin. <laughs> yeah. Those, that bold bastard. Mm. 
But uh, yeah, Shark Boy, everybody gets eliminated except for Jay Lethal and Austin Starr, who are the final two. So all, all the hoopla and all the bullshit. You got two legit X Division guys here. Yes. Uh, to close it out. And they have a brief match. Ultimately, Austin wins with the Star Buster, which is a brain buster, mm-hmm. but it's his yeah, last which name. Was, We're having fun. Which was very sweet. Uh, I mean, he has I, a great brain buster. Perfectly executed move. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. very good. Um, and ju- sorry, ju- ju- just to mention, just to mention, uh, towards yeah. the end of the match, also P.T. Williams entered the frame, and still up, yeah. to this day, nobody is doing the Canadian Destroyer like him. And Dude, uh, it was and- um, it was crazy to see how the crowd popped for just the tease yeah. of the Canadian. That just shows how it's like been diluted since then. Just the, the yes. mere like hope that it's going to happen made that huge arena or you know huge and relation to yeah. what they're usually yeah, um, made everybody pop like hell. And then when he yeah. hit it, I mean, it just exploded. So, I, and, and to be honest, I have no idea what it does different, but I'm sh- I'm sure there is something is in his execution of the move that mm-hmm. people don't do these days. These days you can tell it's a fucking funny move. Every time that the skinny bastard of Adam Cole does this Panama sunrise, <laughs> I fucking hate it. It's a terrible move. Uh, I think it's- Cena used to do a pretty decent Canadian Destroyer, in my opinion. If you remember, <laughs> he busted it out in like against Kevin Owens in 2015 or right, something. Yeah. Well, it's more of a code red, though, right? I guess it's kind of similar. Yeah. Because he didn't yeah. land on his head. Maybe he did yeah. a few times. I don't know. No one John yeah. Cena. But I don't know what, what Pete Williams does, but it's different from everyone else. And it's mm-hmm. fucking it's fucking believable. As, as, as absurd as that move is. Yeah, I, I see I see P.T. Williams doing it, and I say, okay, he could technically do that. Right. Yeah, it's like the setup. It's like the, how he builds to it, because it's not just like a side, like, oh, let me jump off here, and then off of here, and then boom, here's a destroyer, yeah. and then I'll do some super kicks. It's like, here's a destroyer, boom, hits it, and then covers. Like, it makes it feel like yeah. a big deal. So Yeah. Um, okay. Let's go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. Just, uh, you know, Austin Starr with his uh, half Young Bucks, half Rick Rude attire here and his (laughs) earrings and his makeup and his whatever the hell uh, gets the win here. So we're uh, we're off to the races with Austin Starr. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Any other any other thoughts on that one? Uh, It was a good match. It was uh, I mean, it's a fine opener. It was filled with crazy characters at some points but yeah it's more or less more or less like the royal rumble you know so yeah, you cannot yeah. have like 30 entrants that are all very serious wrestlers i mean you gotta mm-hmm. have some break spots here and there so yeah I, I liked it i enjoyed it yeah it's it's the epitome of a warm-up match yeah it's just there here's yes. some names here's some funny characters let's let's get ready to have some more serious stuff but there's actually kind of two warm-up matches in all reality because after that we got a four-way tag team match so we got amw versus team 3d versus the naturals versus Mm -hmm. the james gang my only note for this match my only note for this match is Mm -hmm. the james gang question mark <laughs> yeah, I I did not remember at all them calling themselves because I, I remember them from their Wuduki Mafia phase, which is that's coming up, later. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's coming mm. up because the James Gang wasn't working <laughs> at all. 
dude it was um i remember the james gang being because this is like again when, when i like started watching tna i remember seeing them and being like i i couldn't care any less about these guys so um <laughs> and that's kind of we're just throwing some tag teams in this match team 3d they went to japan for a few months came back and we're basically like you know what we don't want a title shot right away even though we could have one we want to work our way from the bottom so that's why they're here and then um yeah. I mean, it's pretty much all the teams that aren't in the tag team title match is, is what we're doing yeah. here and um pretty much it's pretty much just every person every team playing their hits like there wasn't it was a pretty quick match it was pretty much just right to the finish it felt like where everybody's yes. taking turns hitting their finishers they're both singles and double teams but i don't know otherwise what do you think about this one i i didn't like this match very much uh yeah as you said it was like uh, the, the best of of, of uh, every team involved especially for the team 3d for obvious reasons and mm-hmm. uh, yeah they, they just needed needed to raise the, their stocks and uh, in the chase of the nwa world tag titles so mm-hmm. yeah it was i mean it's the biggest event in tna bound for, bound for glory so uh to to get a win at that event means something something yeah. more than if they did that on the impact so yeah yeah it's um again just you know 3d on andy douglas for the win so 3d gets the win like you said yeah. just kind of building their stock for their eventual tag team title win um and shane douglas by the way is along with the nastrals he uh introduces them before the match and then after the match mm-hmm. when andy douglas uh, loses, he comes out and berates them, and I guess we're just further. And it kind of seems like they're spinning their wheels with the natural storyline. It feels like it's at this point it's been going on for a few months, and they haven't really made any progress. It feels like so. Yeah. Um, no. and, and I know they kind of fade away eventually, so I can kind of see why watching this. But <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But to uh, so after that, Jake Jake Roberts is backstage because he's going to be the mm-hmm. special guest referee in the next match. And he's backstage with. Jeremy Borash, and he says that he's going to show Jeremy his snake. Yes. And, <sighs> and again, uh, is he hitting on Borash? It's, it's like he, he was. Is, it, look, is this what's going on? <laughs> the way he was touching Borash's collar and. Uh, yeah. It wasn't very, it wasn't even innuendo. It was pretty direct what he was saying. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one, I guess. Yeah. Like, Jeremy Boy, uh, tell us if we have to help you with Jake or something like that. Look, it was like it was like like the the image of Michael Cole getting dry (laughs) hummed by Heidenreich, like, but more subtle, more subtle. Heidenreich or Jake Roberts? Who would you rather? Oh, Jake Roberts. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's not even a legend. So. Right. I can add that to my resume. <laughs> I don't like how quick that came out of your mouth, but we'll move on. <laughs> it's not um, the quickest thing that ever came out of my mouth. <laughs> out, out of it. Well, we got a monster's ball. Speaking of draining balls, we got a monster's ball match here. Yeah. Four way special guest referee. It's Jake the Snake Roberts. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got Brother Runt versus Raven versus Abyss. Versus Samoa Joe. What a cast of characters here, including yeah. the ref. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like the start of a joke 
you know, you have like, you have, you have a Samoa Joe brother around, uh, uh, Raven, etc., entering a bar, <laughs> like, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. It's, it's, a, yeah, it's some, some wrestler that you, you could bet your house that they never shared the ring. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Even once in, in their life, but they did actually, they did. I honestly, I cannot remember a lot of this match. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it was very spot heavy. I mean, it's a, it's a monster ball match, so um, you know, Brother Ant or Spike Dudley mm-hmm. uh, demonstrates once again how is the toughest son of a bitch in pro wrestling. It takes yeah. it, it, throughout his his career and in this match as well. It took fucking crazy bumps. When Abyss just tossed him like twenty feet in the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and he's so light that the table uh, the, even did not break. So, right. so basically, that must have hurt like hell because when the table breaks, it gives a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, and you have uh, you you feel it less on your body. But it was like that, like that. <laughs> you can see him bounce. Like, yeah, fuck, <laughs> that must have hurt like hell. It was, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a monster's ball match. You kind of, you could probably guess how this match goes and you'd be pretty close to it. I mean, they fight all over the arena here. Like you said, they fight their way to the like scaffold, like stage area, spike mm-hmm. and abyss climate, abyss choke slams runs. And just the way he like, it wasn't a clean looking choke slam. It was like a spinning no, deal. No. And then. Runt, like you said, doesn't go through the table that they have set up below it. He just like bounces off of it. And then Abyss does like a <laughs> coffin drop basically off of the scaffold through kind of through. The, I don't even know if he broke the table. Um, uh, kind of, but but wonderful decision by the director to only show a shot of Jake the Snake Roberts' face. Not even really reacting to it either. Yeah. Yeah. It it was like just uh, just like that. And uh, after like 10 seconds, uh, you had Mike Tenay saying, okay, now we're going to show you the replay. So, because we saw just the reaction of Jason St. Roberts. (laughs) Like, Uh yeah, do it, please. (laughs) Now, you have one job. (laughs) It's, yeah. And it's it's amazing. And it's amazing how, I mean, it's been nearly 20 years. And you clearly had more cameras rolling, right? So mm-hmm. in the digital version that you put out, why the fuck did you have to keep the wrong footage? <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't like they're you not just going back to 2006. It? No, no, no. That's there forever. <laughs> oh, man. Well, okay. Uh, yeah, Samoa Joe's here as well. He's kind of the odd, the outlier here. I should yeah. say also the build to this match. Because Runt, Raven, and Abyss had been feuding for a while. Just, you know, the hardcore kind of sector of the roster. They've been feuding back and forth. Samoa Joe was kind of just thrown into this match because he didn't really have anything else going on. He's also in the midst of a feud with Kurt Angle, which we'll touch on later. He's also yes. was like in the build to the main event, which is Jeff Jarrett versus Sting for the NWA yes. title. Joe on impact on all the impacts leading up to this. He stole the title and would. W- they kept trying to get the title from him, but he like kept, you know, beating up whoever mm-hmm. tried to get it. And then he would walk away with it. So he's been involved in the world title scene. He's been involved with Kurt Angle. And the other three guys in this match are basically like, hey, why aren't you paying attention to us? And that's kind of the story here is that 
Samoa Joe doesn't care about this match, but he ends up winning. So yes, the fuck you guys, I guess. <laughs> uh, so I guess he does care, but yeah. Um, tax get involved, of course, as per any abyss match. Um, there is a funny moment where Abyss has his sack of tacks and then Jake Roberts has his sack with the snake in it. And they're like, Oh, whose sack's bigger oh, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not how big your sack is, it's how you use it. I think you kind of want a smaller sack, right? Because it makes the shaft look bigger. Right. Am Probably. I wrong? Am I right? Yeah. Probably. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ask yeah. a one. I'm sure he has a tiny sack. Um, <laughs> yeah, with all those steroids, yeah, exactly. But uh, tax get laid out, and ultimately, Abyss ends up taking it because he gets, I think, Smojo kicks him, so it knocks Abyss on his knees so that he's like on, on all fours, like over the tax. And then mm-hmm. Samojo does a running senton onto the back of Abyss, sending Abyss face first into the tax. Then Jake Roberts gives a DDT to Raven because I think they were like jolly jawing back and forth or whatever. I think Raven like punched him, knocked him out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was like questioning his authority. Yeah. <laughs> um, then Jake hits the DDT was, I mean, that's why he's here. I guess to throw out a DDT. Yeah. And then uh, Joe hits the muscle. Buster on Jeremy Borish. Yes. To rape Jeremy Borash and to uh, do a DDT. That's, yeah. that's all Jake needs to do. That's what he's paid that, for. That, that's his gimmick. That was in his contract, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Joe wins with the muscle buster over Raven. And then Jake puts his snake on Raven. Yeah. Thoughts for reasons. Yeah. He's Jake, you know, Jake Roberts. That's what he does. But uh, I don't know. Any, any other any other notes on this one? No, I'm glad it was over. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was. I mean, yeah. it, was, it wasn't a bad match, but not even a good one. <laughs> I cannot. It was like, yeah. okay. Let's get this over with and let's I'll put it this way. When the, when the build is, Hey, this guy doesn't care about this match. It doesn't make the viewer care about the match. One of the guys doesn't really care about, I don't know, but yeah, it was a spot fest. It was, you know, it's tax makes the crowd happy, I guess. But, uh, probably speaking about shit, I don't care about. And we got Larry Zabisco versus Uh Eric young in a, Loser gets fired match. Crickets. I uh, I didn't <laughs> even take any notes on this match because it was so fuck for for fuck's sake. It was so fucking quick. I think it was uh-huh. like three minutes or something. Thank God. And uh, yeah, this phase of Eric Young was very weird. It's fondly remembered by the people, but. I think they were playing off of Eugene in WWE in some way. Mm, like yeah. the, there was always a hint that Eric was a special guy uh, mm. that could be just like uh, every other child. Mm. <laughs> you know, it, it was very, very like that, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Which, which is something that, something that I mean, they often, in TNA, they often used Eric Young. Uh, to mimic what was going on in WWE when he won the <laughs> title, when he won the title and he had like the big beard, like Daniel Bryan mm-hmm. and stuff. I mean, so uh, yeah, but finally there is a biscuit fired from TNA. That's, that's Thank the good God, news. Dude, I haven't cared about one thing. Larry Zabisco has been involved with his feud with Raven, 
even him as an authority figure is annoying. Just get this no. dude out of here. I guess I guess he's fired, you know, according to the stipulation. But yeah, uh, yeah, I didn't really have much notes on this one either. I mean, Eric Young is super over at this point. So yes, if nothing else. It's a way to get Eric out there. You know, he was fired on Impact. Now he earned his job back, and they didn't. They, it, like you said, it was a quick match, so it was. I wasn't offended by this match, but again, no. I just couldn't. Really no, care me neither. Less about but it. but I wanted to skip it. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Larry Zavisco, I mean, he has the physique, though, right? I mean, he's, you know, coming out here in his Ribiera jacket and his, uh, yeah, he can still go, right? It was that abdominal stretch. E- eating steaks. <laughs> That's, yeah. I don't know, <laughs> is that what that means? Yeah. Abdominal stretch. That is one of the right. silliest moves in wrestling. I think we, we already discussed that. Discussed How dare that. you? You don't like the abdominal stretch? It's like every time it was like, dude. Just move out of that. Place. I'm gonna come over. If I ever see you, I'm gonna put you in abdominal stretch, and then we're gonna change that tone of yours. Okay, buddy. <laughs> that, that's a finish in my book. I had I had a, pre, a pretty pretty well, not big, but a pretty big argument for me at le- at least about the the least effective wrestling move. Uh-huh. And to me, I mean the the one that looks the fakiest. I don't know. And to me, it's the figure four. It has always been the figure four. It's so fucking mm. stupid. When I relax on my sofa, I put myself in this figure four. And trust me, it's not that <laughs> well, hard. I don't know if it has cross. the same effect if you do it to yourself. It's like tickling yourself. You can't do it. No, no, it's the same thing. It's like the same fucking thing. And it's when they reverse it, it's even stupider. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a f- fucking fake move. It takes forever to set it up, and it's like, oh, okay, so this is the position where people go on vacation, and they stand, they are on the beach, and they're relaxing. Uh-huh. They have a figure four, like, oh, yeah, this, <sighs> exactly. What about a figure eight, though? A figure eight's probably pretty brutal, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Just a whole la- Lady legs tying you up. Just- yeah, you're right. Just like uh, it's it's as idiotic as the figure four, but you had the, the <laughs> difficult the difficult balance. <laughs> so yeah. I'm telling you, man, we're gonna chain wrestle one day. I'm gonna yeah. change your tone on all of this. <laughs> um, but there's no figure fours in this next segment, but there is Jim Cornette coming out to the ring. I put on my Cornette glasses for this. Yeah. I, I was trying to put my finger on what it was, but now you needed a racket. I really would have <laughs> drove home the, the deal here, but uh, Cornette's here and he's cutting a promo, but he's apparently very sick and you can hear it in his yeah, voice. His voice it. is gone. Uh, but uh, this whole segment here, so Cornette's, I don't even remember what he originally comes out for. He's like, um, Samoa Joe was, he's saying yeah, Samoa Joe can't interfere in the main event, right? Exactly. That was the message. And it was interrupted by Kurt Angle for no reason whatsoever. Well, yeah. he doesn't need Jim Cornette to be the buffer between him and Samoa Joe, you see, was his, yeah. uh, was his thought. By the way, I don't even know if I mentioned it, but the impact before Bound for Glory is that famous headbutt spot between Kurt and Joe. Yes. And that was the first time Kurt showed up in the impact zone. It was a big moment, and that kind of sparked the feud between him and Joe. So that's, what, that's where we're at here. Yeah, exactly. That, that's why... That's why you put the biggest star you will ever have on a enforcer role. 
not letting <laughs> him fight at the biggest event of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's going to be was in very, well, That was very WCW. Yeah. Oh, he'll, he'll make his presence known in the main event. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Might as well have been a triple threat match, man. But, um, and, uh, yeah. But so Joe can't interfere in the main event. But what he can do is run out right now and attack Kurt Angle, which is what he does. And uh, they fight all around the ring. The security comes out. There's a big pull apart. Um, I thought this was pretty good. It was pretty well done. They really put forward the uh, the hatred that these yeah. two guys have for each other. Two legit guys. It's a kind of a dream match at this point between these two. So and they're built into that, which I like. Um, I will say, though, like I kind of said this in the beginning, it feels like this is like the only thing the company cares about right now. And everything else kind <laughs> yes. of seems secondary. But um, I don't know, man. What do you think about this this segment here? Uh, it was a stupid segment. I was really <laughs> pumped. I was really pumped for Cornette. And uh, when he when I heard that he he did not have his voice, oh it was yeah, so fucking hilarious to me. I mean, he did his best, uh, of course. Uh, he he was like, oh yeah. Um, I'm sick as a dog, but uh, I have to be in intensive care to miss the biggest event of the year. You, you know, it's holding mm-hmm. well. It's holding well. So people empathize with him. Uh, but right. it was it was very cool because he, he entered like shaking hands left and right, then announced he was very sick. And with my post-COVID era <laughs> eyes, I was like, fuck, right. you, you shook everyone's hand. That's so funny. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, apart from that, uh, I think it was quite pointless, quite a pointless promo. And uh, I I understand what they wanted to do with this. Yeah. But yeah. They just want to maximize the amount of Kurt Angle out there. That's pretty much. Probably. probably. I I guess is what the idea is. I'm kind of almost surprised they didn't just do Kurt and Joe at Bound for Glory. Yeah. I mean, that was. Probably the best idea, even if you didn't want to like go right away with that match. But I mean, you announced Kurt Angle the a few days before, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was like a month was, before this. Okay, cool. So, if you want to, even better if it was announced a month yeah. before, and uh, you already say that the Kurt Angle would be on the card fucking put him in a match i mean not doing like the 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 bret hart when bret went to wcw that's Mm -hmm. why uh, i thought was like an enforcer like why (laughs) why the fuck uh yeah because then you wouldn't have had to just shoehorn in samoa joe and that monsters ball match you could have let Sting and Jeff Jarrett be more about those two rather than the kurt angle show in the main event It, it was i don't know maybe there's a reason but I yeah. can't really think of one. But yeah. it is it all is well that ends well. They eventually have a great match at turning point, I think, is the next pay review. So. so of course. And uh, as I always say, TNA angle is the best angle by far. Perk angle, man. Perk angle is running wild. And I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Yes. Um so well, next match. What do we have? We got we got the X Division title. Is on the line. You got the champion, the Twitter division title. <laughs> oh, my isn't it? Man, now that's all. I'm, now that's all I can see. Yeah. Um, 
we got old old boy Senshi, the champion, defending against Chris Sabin. Um, fucking banger! I might throw a match of the night at this one. I don't know what you think about it. Uh, I mean, those those last three to four matches were all good to very very good in my opinion. Yeah, and uh, yeah, probably this one was the the one I enjoyed the most. Yeah, yeah, from a wrestling mm-hmm. standpoint. Yeah, I, I loved it. And uh, at, at the time, I remember uh, I was a huge Loki or Senshi mark. I liked the style because it was so different from everything else. And it was good that I had no idea about his uh, political opinions or view on mm-hmm. vaccine and stuff like that. It was So life was better before Twitter. <laughs> it <really> was. <laughs> Really yeah. was. Yeah. Ruins all your now, favorite X Division stars. Yeah. And uh, in, in my notes about this match, I have this very interesting point that I'm sure you're going to agree with, which goes like this I bet Sabin had a lot of pussy at the time. Look <laughs> at those hair. He looks like the guy from The Hangover, Bradley Cooper. Yes. Chris Saban so, is who I tried to look like when I was younger, but I failed miserably. Yeah, of course. Man, I'm sure he had a lot of pussy at that time. I mean, let's probably. discuss this. How, like, a weekly average of pussy. <laughs> That's okay. in your opinion, Chris Saban right. could have. Weekly average. Let's see here. Well, we got to take into account that they're not traveling, right? Usually. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that changes. They're in Florida. So it's kind of like shooting fish in a barrel in Florida, yeah. I feel like. <laughs> um, the quality, I guess. Quality is so. probably not the best, yeah. I mean, I, at least one a day, probably, right? Maybe maybe you take Sunday off, so maybe six per week. Yeah. I think that's fair. Uh, but also, does it double fair, up? Yeah. yeah, from everything from six to ten is fair game, in my opinion. Right. Then when he pairs up with Alex Shelley, then it's just of game course over. they are gonna they're gonna tag team even in that, <laughs> that situation. Well, of course, that's how you bond with your tag team partner, I think. But I don't know if you saw that on the tail of the tape before the match, uh, there was this very intriguing thing uh-huh. about Chris Sabin. Uh, you tell. It, it was like from TNA to hell. Dot dot dot. Michigan. That is. <sighs> fucking TNA man we okay he's from hell Michigan Chris Saban which is a place yeah they had to add their corny little tail of the tape I'm surprised they didn't make that more of like a like he didn't have like a demon gimmick or something oh, honestly yeah. in retrospect probably um, yeah but th- that looked like uh, like he he hated Michigan in my opinion it was like ah Michigan is hell or something like that. Oh, I see. That sounded more like this to me. And I was pretty surprised because, of course, when they're going to form later on, and we are old because we are talking at a time where the Moto City Machine Guns did not even exist. Uh, but when Man. they were going to form the, the guns, they are they're all like, yeah. Right here. This is where we, this is where we live, everybody. Right here yes. on this palm. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're 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 a long we're not a long way from Motor City Machine Guns, um, but we are in the Motor City here, which I don't know how far hell is from Michigan. 
it didn't really I was expecting more of a hometown pop for Chris Saban. Mm, it, was, it, was okay. a, it was a decent little pop, but um, okay. yeah, Chris Saban, I should also say, so him, Sanjay Dutt, and Jay Lethal, they've been like a pack of guys, and they were uh, advertising Jackass number two, so they were doing mm-hmm. some cross-promotion type stuff, and Saban okay. kept using stupid ways to win. He would use, like, he would, like, throw a sex doll at his opponent and then yeah. kick through the doll, like, crowd hated it. It was really stupid. But okay. that's kind of the build here is that like he's been like goofing off and Senshi's been beating him because Senshi takes it seriously. So now here Saban is all business and was able to actually get the win because <laughs> he put all that jackass stuff behind him. So that's the story that they're kind of telling here. But um, do you remember any of that, by the way, like the jackass stuff? No, no. <laughs> it's it's for not. the best. Yeah, uh, absolutely. No, I was I was thrilled by this match. It was it was a good match. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm happy that Chris Pitts, Chris Sabin won because I mean, look at him. He's like Bradley Cooper. He must have a lot of pussy. That's what I, that's what I, I that's what I thought for the duration of the match. Like mostly no stop. <laughs> I was like, man, you're really reading in between the lines, huh? That's what they were telling in the story. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's what the you know, the springboard drop kicks. That was like a, a pussy drop kick. You're saying, yeah, something like that. Something what about like low-key, though? What do, you, what, what do you think What do you think low-key's putting out there? What kind of numbers? Oh, uh, zero to one if he has a wife or something. He's probably someone that fucks sheep or something, you know? Probably. <laughs> yeah. Or is, like, asexual. He probably, like, fucks himself if he could. <laughs> yeah. He, he always has this look, like, like as it smelled a fart, like... Uh. <laughs> Oh, you say Lucy. pussy, uh, like, like that. <laughs> Whereas Chris Sabin was like pussy, yeah. <laughs> Just two or side by sides. Just guess anybody's yeah. confused. Yeah, or or at least that's what I thought. Right. Yeah. Well, that's again that's the story they're telling. They're they're artists painting painting yeah. the the picture for us here. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, I agree, man. I love this match. I thought Saban, like all the uh, Saban's his hesitation drop kick, like all the springboard drop kicks, the suicide dives. Um, he blocks. So Senshi does this move where like he'll set his opponent up on the top rope. He'll go in the opposite corner and do like a cartwheel into a backflip into a kick. But Saban has it scouted at this point, like kicks him as he's upside down doing a cartwheel, which popped me. It looked really yeah. good and funny. Um, there's another spot where uh, Saban does a Frankensteiner off the top rope, but Senshi rolls through into a stomp, which looked nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, false finishes towards the end. Saban hits and a the, cradle there was, shot. There was a big pop for that stomp. It was the the place. It was so through. smooth. Yeah. yeah. Um, he just puts all he, he like screams when he kicks guys too with that stomp, which makes mm-hmm. it more powerful. I think when you scream, of course. Um, but yeah, Saban hits the cradle shock for a two count. Uh, Senshi hits his double stomp off the top rope, but Saban is able to get his foot on the rope to stop the pin. La Senshi puts on a dragon sleeper on Saban, but Saban's able to fight out and rolls him up into a small package. Pause for the win. So a- Saban gets AKA the win. A one gets he wins with the A one here. Yeah. And uh, new X, new Twitter division yeah, champion. Twitter division champion. 
Hell yeah, buddy. But um, yeah, no, this, this is really, this is like a no limited frills, like no silly gimmicks or outside whatever. This is like no. the only card on the, or the only match on the card that felt like a, just a, a good wrestling match. And they, they delivered, I thought. And they took their times. I mean, it was like a match yeah. that went 100 miles per hour, but also they sold everything. Yes. Every move. They fucking took their time to sell stuff. And that was amazing. The X Division was known for that, man. They were just, they were like the perfect, you know, balance of like modern spot wrestling and like old school to me. Yes. Like it was just, it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but after that, we got something a little bit different. We got the eight mile street fight. Speaking of fantastic, we have the, the, the probe, the backstage promo from Christian. Oh yeah. You, Do if tell. You, if you recall it, I don't know if you recall it, but Christian's so, so fucking such a master of this art. Oh, he's so good. And uh, yeah, and at the time, I think I wasn't able to understand it a hundred percent. But most of the people did not understand his brilliance because he has those fucking heel promos, like the ones that he still cuts nowadays, mm-hmm. that hit you in the most. Uh, bastard way, subtle way, and uh, he he says a lot a lot of stuff. But uh, I will I popped when he insulted Rhino's aunt, <laughs> Rhino's auntie, uh, the way she cooks and <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> but he was able to put that in the middle of a promo. I was like fuck. Yeah, my my first brilliant. note here is that heel Christian just works. Like yes. back in two thousand six and today, like. <clears throat> you see what he does yeah. as a baby face and then what he does because he came into TNA as a baby face. It was kind of mid, but then once he turned heel, yeah. man, and we were kind of fresh off that still, it just skyrockets. And yeah, um, yeah what was it? Because him and Rhino, for anyone unaware, they've been friends for like 10 years at this point. They broke into the business yes. together. Um, Christian turned on Rhino, gave him a concerto, which gave him a concussion, which Rhino is still recovering from. But ah, you can mm-hmm. go out there and wrestle. It's fine. You're mostly good. Yeah, of course. Um, Christian, yeah, like in the promo, he was. Well, I guess you're not. I'm, I guess I'm not getting invited to Thanksgiving dinner this year. Uh, it doesn't matter. Your aunt's cooking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's good. I, I think it's a pretty strong feud. This one, probably one of the stronger feuds going in TNA at this point. Um, because like, the foundation's real. Like they're friends, and there's history there, and they're two. I, even at this point, they're both veterans. Um, so they're good. I mean, they, they do it really well. We got a street fight here. We're in Rhino's hometown. So he comes out of course, through the crowd amongst his Detroit fans. And, uh, but ultimately the match starts outside in the parking lot. Um, people getting bashed in the cars, all it, it works its way back into the ring eventually. But, um, lots of, lots of spots, lots of things happening in, in this match. Anything in particular catch your eye about this one? This match is everything that Edge versus Orton at, at Mania 36 wasn't. Okay. Okay. <laughs> if you recall that match, it was so fucking long and dragging. And they were yeah. on the at the WrestleMania PC and uh, in the backstage. Uh, they were like in the training room uh, waiting. Uh, and at mm-hmm. one point, they went like above a trailer or something like that. Uh, yeah. And... Uh, and in this match, 
they went above a Zamboni, which is right. 10 times better, of course. <laughs> your moves your hit harder. Your big Zamboni, Mark. Yeah. yeah, of course, I am. Your, your, moves, your moves hit harder if you do it on the Zamboni. Just like, just like, uh, yeah, just like Chris Jericho's Waltz of Jericho when he does it on the announce table is <laughs> right. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I was like, oh man! And from the Zamboni on, a word I I loved the match. I loved it. It was uh-huh. yeah, it was crazy. Like like it was very spot heavy, but also again there was a lot of psychology in my opinion. Uh-huh. And uh, the 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 finishing part, I don't know if I if I'm if I'm saying no, something I shouldn't, but the finishing parts where Christian Cage started to put the um, the straight jacket on on Rhino, mm-hmm. that was so fucking cool because Rhino was selling his concussion, and it was like a blood mask, and mm-hmm. uh, and Christian was fucking sadist. Like he was, he was enjoying uh, making making oh, yeah. Rhino suffer. Only to have the tables turned. Uh, I, I don't remember exactly the moves, like move by move, but Rhino was in in the straight jacket, could not move the arms, and uh, was able to kick Christian down, mm-hmm. and he just dropped with his head on Christian crotch, <laughs> and that was so fucking brilliant. I don't think, <laughs> honestly, honestly, as silly as it sounds, I don't think we see something like that today in wrestling. I mean, straight I, jacketed headbutt to the balls. You don't think we'll see yeah, that in modern day wrestling? Yeah, exactly. And that's, Amen. And that's wrestling how it should be. <laughs> you want more straight jackets and zambonis in wrestling? That'll bring you of, back. Of course. Of yeah, course. yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I can't disagree with that. Uh, but yeah, the straight jack comes into play. But on the way there, there's uh, there's an eight mile street sign that gets used. They're whacking each other with um, mm-hmm. around the ring. They got like little street lamps, which is seems unnecessary, yeah, but they're like using course. it as web. They're like big ass like street lamps. Like they're like ten feet tall or whatever. They have to like unplug them though, which is funny. Um, and uh, they're swinging it like baseball bats at each other. Um, Rhino hits a uh, pile driver off the apron through a table, which looked pretty gnarly. Yeah. Uh, but towards the end, uh, so there's a table set up in the corner. Rhino goes for the gore through the table, but Christian gets out of the way and gores himself through the table. Christian then picks him right up, hits the unprettier on the debris of that table for a two count. I bet I thought that was going to be the finish. Um, then he just he gets frustrated. Nothing he's doing is working. He hit him with two one prettiers before that, and they didn't get him. So he just piles all the table debris. There was a ladder. He throws that on top of him. The signs, the chairs, all of it. He's rhinos under this pile of rubble, and Christian just bashes the chair on top yes. of the rubble and on top of Rhino just over and over again. Wipes the shit away. Pins Rhino. One, two, three. Boom! That's and Christian gets the win. It just like it was like a very like desperation type of way to finish it, which I thought put over like the urgency and it made, it made it yeah. feel dramatic. Like I thought I yeah. really liked the finish and the, the build up towards it. So yeah, it was it was a, a, a basically an hardcore match, uh, but yeah, it, it had also a lot of psychology. A lot, a lot of you you really felt those elements of frustration from Christian from because it's so fucking good again. 
and uh, and Rhino sold it perfectly. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think it was it was a very good match. Yeah, this also, is like. No, oh, sorry. Also, uh, we never discussed that before, I think. But I'm also a huge Rhino Mark. So, I mean, this match, really and everything I like. Yeah. I like those thick tights. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that's actually a good point. I didn't really think about that. You're, you're a big thick thighs guy. So, yeah, because, I support it. Because, you know, that gives the, the exact propulsion you need for a gore. Which is oh, way different is why than so a spear. Yeah, it is way different than a spear. Yeah. Some people are gonna be enraged that you just said a gore <laughs> is different than a spear, but I'm just gonna let it lay there. And you're gonna you're gonna have to deal with the hate mail, Frank. Yeah, no problem. A gore <laughs> is much better than a spear. Well that all well, that I can agree with, but um Yeah. It is the thick thighs though. Him and Goldberg and who else would have a good spear? Tatanka would probably have a great spear if he if he used that. Rikishi as well. Rikishi. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's Roman Reigns has some pretty juicy thighs too. That's probably why his is so good. Yeah. Um, Bailey and why Christian's well. is bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of thick thighs, we got four of them in this next match. Well, five of them, really. We got uh, the NWA World Tag Team, Tag Team Titles yeah. on the line here in a six sides of steel match cage match six sides we got uh, the champions aj styles and christopher daniels taking on the latin american exchange team of hernandez mm-hmm. and homicide of course accompanied by conan how i um, hate conan god <laughs> not a big k-dog guy no <laughs> not at all Orale, right Orale, yeah <laughs> no i i hate him but yeah the, the of all the, uh, the 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 main matches of this card, this one is the one that fell more more flat with me. Mm. I don't know why. I don't know why. Probably I'm just used to see AJ Styles in a different role, and uh, that even in TNA. I mean, not not only now in WWE, but mm-hmm. and that I don't know. That made me. Uh, I would have preferred like uh, America's Most Wanted versus LAX. You know this this kind of stuff. Probably well, it seems like what we're building to. So you oh, don't yeah. have long to wait. <laughs> yeah. Which <laughs> they cut. LAX cuts up or Conan cuts a promo before the match, and there's three phrases he says that I want to get your thoughts on. I'm just gonna lay them out here: Little Oriental, Dirty Sanchez, and Rusty Trombone. Thoughts. Uh, first one sounded a bit racist you think because <laughs> they uh hernandez gave the border toss to gail kim on impact which you okay. know if you saw that clip it looked brutal he, he threw her all the way across the ring and she folded up like an accordion and okay, gail kim okay. is like is with amw so it seems like they're already building to an eventual feud between those two um but then he, I forget what the context of bringing up Dirty Sanchez and Rusty yeah. Trombone was, but. Uh. Dirty, Dirty Sanchez, wasn't it like uh, a sexual thing or something like that? Oh, they both are. Yeah, for sure. I think a Dirty Sanchez is given a blowjob whilst on the toilet. I think. No, I think. I did not know that. I I knew that Dirty Sanchez. <laughs> this is going <laughs> to 
like in eighth grade, <laughs> I learned oh, that boy. dirty sentence. The dirty sentence was like after you performed anal sex, you you draw a pair of mustache on your lovers <laughs> with your cock. And you look uh-huh. like a Mexican person, so dirty Sanchez. Right. Way. Let me see here. Dirty Sanchez. Okay, <laughs> there's a band called Dirty Sanchez, if you're if you're curious. Um <laughs> Dirty Sanchez. They play shitty music. <laughs> also known as the fecal mustache. So I guess you're right. Oh. I guess you're right. Look at look at look at us. More education from Frank <laughs> here. Um well, and a rusty trombone, I think. You know, you can kind of Okay. The, uh, okay. I see that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <coughs> I'll show. I'll, I'll show you later off air. That'll be on the Patreon. But yeah, um, my question here: So we got a tag team cage match. Why the fuck are we tagging in and out of this match? The cage match. <laughs> this is, this is a cage match. Question, actually, is it no DQ? Maybe I'm just assuming it's no DQ because also homicide breaks out a fork which is like his calling card, but he's like trying to hide it from the ref. It's like, oh, fuck, it's a cage match. Like, just do it in front of the ref. Tell, hey, hey, ref, I'm going to fork this guy. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't like that gesture I'm doing here, but you yeah. get my... Rusty trombone, yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, I mean, I was, I thought this was a solid cage match. I don't, I wouldn't say, like, they had an Ultimate X match at the last show, I believe mm-hmm. it was, and that was fantastic. And they even had some other matches before that. I, I wouldn't. I would say this is probably one of their weaker matches, but the feud is great. I mean, mm-hmm. probably one of the best feuds, if not the best feud, going on in TNA at this point. So I was all for it. But yeah, the match was like, it was solid. Is is the way I could put it. There were some cool moments here, but yeah, there was like the rapid succession. Uh, AJ Styles climbing up the cage, then doing a fantastic crossbody uh, on Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Then Hernandez doing the same thing, <laughs> climbing shakingly on the top of the cage, uh, and uh, throwing himself to nothing to the canvas basically. And then this is the foreshadow of before. What well, what I said before was a foreshadowing that I have for you. I don't know if you recall another interesting director's choice for this moment because after uh, to show like uh, after the, the the dive from Hernandez they wanted to mm-hmm. show some concern from the people and yeah. they had the, the, the camera panned on this on this girl that had what I'm assuming was a piece of merchandise of merchandise of Sting which probably was like a plastic bat or something like that. But it uh-huh. really, really looked like Sting Dildo. So <laughs> you had this girl with the Sting Dildo, which was branded Sting on the top uh-huh. of the... And she had that beside her face. It was like, oh, with the Sting <laughs> Dildo here. And that took me completely off of the match. All I could think <laughs> of was the Sting Dildo. Oh, no. You know, I can't say that I noticed in the moment, but I am definitely going to go back and review the tape because that sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's just for a split second that you see that, but it's clearly a deal though with the with the 
uh, handwritten, handwritten thing in, in, in red. It's a black dildo. Right, red writings. Of course. of course. Okay, so it's not a dildo in the shape of Sting. It's no, it's no, a no. bat. Okay, that no, might that might hurt actually. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but it looks but. like a, a, a soft stuff, like almost foam, foam, like the foamy fingers. And this was uh-huh. the foamy dildo. I hate a foamy dildo personally. <laughs> I mean, it just chafes you. It, it's not good. It's not yeah, good. No. Um, <laughs> but uh, other than dildos, I mean, there's tequila makes its way into the match because they're Mexican, of course, and they like tequila. So homicide, homicide, by the way, isn't even Mexican. I don't think he's like Puerto Rican. Neither is Conan. I think he's Cuban. Yeah. Hernandez probably isn't even Mexican either. Let me, you know what? Let me. I think it's, let me, let me I do think it it's quick. Puerto, I think it's Puerto Rican as well, like or, fr- from yeah. Brooklyn or stuff like that. Not Aaron Hernandez. Hernandez wrestler. Let's see here. Yeah, because at the in two thousand six, every brown person was Mexican to people sometimes. Oh, of so, um, let's see here. American professional wrestler, La Latino World Order. Doesn't seem he's born in Texas. Um, <laughs> many hot stuff. Hernandez is a very modern name. Homicide as Puerto Rican origins. So yeah, no yes. Mexican. I bet you he's Puerto Rican. Hernandez is, but we'll uh again. I'll review the tape and I'll let you know. I'll keep you abreast of the situation. Uh, but either way, the minority of them are uh Mexican. So, but tequila's here, so that makes them all Mexican. I guess this is the yes. takeaway here. Yeah, of course. Um. And uh, yeah, like people jumping off the cage. We got forks. We got people getting thrown into the cage. Uh, but ultimately, what does it in for the team of AJ and Daniels is a coat hanger, because from the outside, Conan wraps a coat hanger hanger yeah. around the neck of a Christopher Daniels to like because he can't move, so he's holding him there and choking him. Meanwhile, middle of the ring, Homicide hits the Gringo Killer, which looked. Sickening <laughs> on AJ's <laughs> neck. Yeah. Uh, further, he just said, "Take, take me, homie. You got it. You got it." And uh, managed to come out unscathed, I would assume. So, but um, that gives LAX the win. So we got new tag team champions, Latin American Exchange, and I would assume they would go on to face AMW. And I can only imagine the promos be- between American Cowboys and the. Uh, Illegal immigrants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Probably something like that. I imagine it all ages beautifully. So can't yeah, wait to get absolutely. to that. <laughs> absolutely. Um, I don't know, man. Any other thoughts on that? Yeah, again, it was solid, but I kind of expected more like you. I, f- I think I give like five to the match. Out of ten? Out of ten, yeah. Out of ten, I would say it's five. It has a couple of good spots, like the AJ's dive, Hernandez dive. Sting uh-huh. still though, but well, Sting Dildo the, bumps it up a couple of stars itself. Right? Yeah, probably. But apart of that, I didn't. I, I yeah, probably is is the one that I enjoyed the least out of the second portion of the of the pay per view. Okay, that that's actually fair. Yeah, between the X Division title match, a street fight, and the main event. Yeah, I'd probably put the main event at the bottom personally for me, mm-hmm. um, which is weird to say, but. That's where we're at now. We got the main event. We got the NWA world title on the line versus the career of Sting. We got the champion. Mm-hmm. 
Jeff which Jarrett. We know, which we know ended in 2006, his career, right? Right. Never did one thing after that. You're, you're gosh yeah. darn right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, if Jarrett wins, he obviously retains his title, but also Sting has to retire. And if Sting wins, obviously he wins the title. So, and also the special enforcer, special enforcer, as we mentioned, Kurt Angle. And um, so there's a lot, there's a lot going on here. The match is what it is. It was, it was a fine match. I thought um, to me, it wasn't as good as I remember though. And I think, mm-hmm. do you think, do you think there was too much Kurt Angle in this match? Um, no, no, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say that. Uh, yeah, it's the, probably there was too much, too, too much Kurt Angle on the pay per view in general because uh, <laughs> they wanted to 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 put him in every possible situation without having a match. So, you know, the, I think that's why you 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 feel that you feel this way about it. Mm-hmm. I I did not mind the match. <coughs> Wasn't anything extremely memorable but i remember enjoying it yeah and um, and sting was in incredible shape i, I think probably he, he hasn't been in that good of a shape since 89 or something like that right. in wcw <laughs> in wcw he never was uh, in that good shape never he always hit his pack and abdomen and stuff like that right well uh, surfer sting was in great shape but then we yeah, once he like yeah once the crow sting came along, yeah, it was pretty much like this, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it was 10 years before, so he was younger. So it, it's all more impressive, to your point, that he's in this good of yeah. shape. What do you think of his look here? Like, is the, the uh, red tights and the j- the glittery jacket? Uh, red tights, I liked it. Glittery jacket was like, uh, in the beginning, I, I saw when he came out, you know, uh, TNA often had this camera behind the wrestler, you know. Uh-huh. So uh, the only thing, yeah, it, it was like in his pose, uh, opening his arm, but from the behind, you only see this like mega glittering stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, uh, I was like, oh, I did not remember Lady Gaga debuting in TNA. <laughs> <laughs> A little known fact. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I've never heard Sting and Lady Gaga compared before this moment. So me neither. Me neither. <laughs> so, so uh, you can imagine my surprise to see it, right. the jackets and everything. I thought it was kind of cool, man. I, I remember it being, I don't remember enjoying this look, but watching it back, I thought it was kind of, because it was kind of an omat. The tights were kind of more like his surfer gimmick style. They yes. were red. They were like almost like yeah. football pants. They had like the padding in the front. And then the jacket was like, oh, I thought it was kind of cool. I'm surprised he never broke it out more. I mean, obviously it would go back to the, the more iconic black and white deal, which is probably for the best, but. For this type of show, I think it worked. Um, but yeah, the match itself, it was it was solid. Again, I mean, Jarrett and Sting, two veterans, you kind of know what you're going to get. It was, you know, uh, both guys are hitting their finish. Like Scorpion Death Drop gets a two count. Stroke gets a two count. Um, but there's also points in the match where it like becomes a brawl on the outside and each guy is mm-hmm. trying to use chairs and stuff against each other. But Kurt... Kurt, Kurt Angle is very present in this match. He keeps grabbing the chairs yes. out of guys' hands to stop them from whacking each other. He keeps um, pushing Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, yeah. And uh, at one point, both guys are down, and the ref is about to count to 10. But once he gets to 9, Kurt Angle gets in there. He doesn't just ask the ref to stop. He just angle slams the ref. <laughs> Fuck you. 
I'm the referee now, I'm says the Kurt yeah, Angle. Yeah, yeah. Look but at me. That, that, so you're a, a man, you're a wise man, and you know a lot about wrestling history and wrestling rules. So mm-hmm. uh, how official is it every time a wrestler gets knocked out, some type of like uh, authority figures which aren't referees? Mm-hmm. And well, then they count the one to three. How official is that to you? To me, it's it's official if they rip the rep the previous referee's shirt off and put it on, or unveil a referee's shirt under their existing shirt. To me, is, that's what makes it official. But which is not the case in this particular particular event because Kurt Angle was dressed like Kurt Angle. He's just shirtless. He was a shirtless ref, I think. Yeah. So which, yeah, it was shirtless. I'm all for it. But Jake Roberts also didn't have stripes. But I think he said he was scared of stripes, which is the thing. Yeah, he said something like that. Yeah, before harassing Jeremy Borish. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, he said something like that. But also he was like the official referee, even if he was dressed differently. You know, Mm. like if you're an enforcer, you're some sort of an authority figure, I guess. But not that official as a referee, in my opinion. Right. Same I goes. Mean, same goes for when uh, Rob Van Dam won the WWE Championship. If, if you remember, it was Paul Heyman, yes. the one who, who counted one to three. So it was like, uh, is that really real? Well, CCW man, there's no rules. I guess it's the same for TNA. <laughs> yeah, TNA, figures. No rules. Yeah. Totally um, not authority figures. Not at all. Um. But when Jarrett at one point locks in an ankle lock right in front of Kurt Angle onto Sting, which I thought was a funny moment. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, which is Sting. A, I think that it, later he will do to Kurt Angle's wife. Oh, yeah, that's it's in hindsight. <laughs> in hindsight By the way, yeah. speaking of wives, let's let's talk about this. So at this point, so Jeff Jarrett's wife has been battling cancer for like 10 years at this point. And she mm-hmm. actually eventually passes away the following May. And I think she, at this point, she's having pretty significant health issues. Okay. And I think that's as, as far as I remember, I think that's why Jeff kind of leaves TV for a while after this. Okay. Um, but I think it's almost like maybe I'm looking too far into it, but it's almost like his heart wasn't in this match. Like even in the impacts leading up to this, there wasn't a lot of like, because they have been building to this matchup since Sting debuted, like at the beginning of the year, like ten months yes. before this. This didn't really feel like a like a, a satisfying conclusion to me. But with his wife's health issues, but also Kurt Angle kind of coming in and becoming a significant part, I feel like the culmination of this story wasn't as strong as maybe it could have been. But there's you know forces outside of people's control and that things happen. But um, but yeah. But also that being said, I mean that's. To know that, and then also Jarrett and Kurt are in the same ring, and then Jarrett would take his wife. Oh, it was craziness, man. Wrestling is crazy sometimes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, Sting grabs his big black dildo, um, goes to hit Jarrett with it, but Kurt Angle takes his big black dildo, uh, turns around and sticks it in his own ass, I think. I, I might have missed it. Um, but while he's doing that, Jarrett grabs his guitar smashes sting in the head with it sting doesn't feel a goddamn thing yeah, ah, just, uh, yeah. scorpion death lock tap out new champ the stinger 
confetti, I think, right? Maybe. Um, yeah. Sting wins, new champ. I feel like this is how they would always end. They're bound for glories for like five years straight is Sting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was, undefe- was undefeated for so many years. And yeah. in this match, I noticed that he pulled out the tombstone pile driver. That could have gone so wrong because Jarrett was going for the tombstone and then yeah. Sting countered it and they like almost fell forward, but Sting just yeah. had to commit to the tombstone. And if Jarrett wasn't ready, that could have been really bad. But yeah, um, but the, I mean, maybe it's just me that I'm pretty ignorant on, on this. But do you remember Sting ever using the tombstone in his WCW days or something like that? Not that I've seen. I think he's he's definitely used it. I don't think he's won with it as far as I've... I mean, I'm sure he has. I just don't remember. But okay. I know in the video game, that's his, one of his signature moves. So he must <laughs> okay. have used it okay. at some wow. point. So, so he must have used it. Okay, okay. That's it. That's, that's so, binding. I, I, was, I was like, was that like a, a sign to the WWE? Because at the, ta- at the time, the, the Sting versus Undertaker, you know, it was like... Mm-hmm. Uh, every year at WrestleMania, uh, people said, "Oh, what if? What if?" And I, I, I thought that could have been like, you know, he wanted to send a message or something like that. But mm-hmm. if it's if it's not, if he already used the move earlier, yeah, I'm totally wrong. Right. I mean, it could have been the influence from the beginning whenever he first used it. But yeah, to your point. This- yeah, it was definitely this time period where a Sting versus Undertaker match would probably would have had the most like um, intrigue as far as like where both guys were physically and where what they've done in their career. But shame that never happened. But at least yeah, you got Sting that, thrown out of Tombstone. Not that they were on the same card and they decided to have uh, Sting lose <sighs> to Triple H and Undertaker do a meaningless match in broad daylight <laughs> with Bray Wyatt. <laughs> Oh, what a wacky WrestleMania that was, man. Oh, what a what shitty a one. <laughs> How dare you? There were some uh, good ones. No, just the, matches. the Intercontinental Leather match was a good one. Rusev had sex in a tank. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Like, Come on. But the, but the match wasn't good. Well, he came. That's all that matters. But yeah. speaking of which, speak, speaking of uh, blowing your load all over... A tank and Lana. How? What are your are there any other thoughts on Bound for Glory 2006? No, no, it was a great match. Uh, eight out of, out of ten were recommended, and uh, yeah, as you said, probably the X Division, the X Championship match was the the best one on the card. Yeah, I think second one I would say was the Eight Mile Street Fight, and mm-hmm. yeah, but. Overall, a very enjoyable show. It had uh, everything that we like about TNA, <clears throat> except Monty Brown. Yeah, I think he's pretty much gone at this point. I don't know if it's official yeah, or not, so. but I know. Yeah, he's. I think so. I think so, because the next year, in 2007, it will be uh, at WrestleMania. At the, in the, right. As Marcus Corvon in the revamped what a time, man. Can't wait to get what, to that someday. <laughs> what a time to be alive. I, I really, really remember liking that match only because it was Rob Van Dam on one side and, and Monty Brown on the other. <laughs> hey, Matt Stryker was there, right? Yeah, in, in his teacher's face. Yeah. 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 Well, 
might have been a um, it's a quick turnaround for Marcus Corvon and might you might say it's a last minute uh, kind of insertion into the WWE. But speaking of last minute, uh, Franklin, once again, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for checking out this 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 old pay-per-view coming on, talking about it. Where can everybody find you? And uh, I know you said you're kind of on a hiatus right now, but what do you got for the yeah. people? Where can people find you? Uh, I'm still on Twitter or X for you young kids who are, who like to X, and hmm. um, <laughs> uh, I'm still on Twitter at LMW Podcast. I don't know for how long, but <laughs> you can still find me there. <laughs> Is the the best place to find me at the moment, and uh, let's discuss some wrestling and have a. a incredibly civilized conversation about uh, what's going on in the wrestling world which is what the wrestling fans do best uh, to mm. share their opinion and uh, and to listen and learn to from other people right very reasonable just level-headed back and forth that's what x is all about yes yes <laughs> this is the best commercial we could have we could have recorded yeah so, i mean about wrestling x Wrestling Society X? Is that what you want to cover next? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> Let's Probably. get some Tyler Black in here. Yeah. Huh? Of course. And some electrocuting people or something like that. Ah, yes. And rusty trombones, I can only assume. Yeah. Once again, thank you to Frank for joining me on this show. Always a good time with Frankford, Franklin, whatever his real name is. Uh, go follow him on all the social medias. Go check out the Last Minute Wrestling Podcast. Do all those things. Give the boy a kiss on the cheek, a tweedle on the nipples, and do the same to me at the same time, perhaps. You have two hands. Um, I think that about does it, right? I think we about done it. I think we about did it. It's been a pleasure. It's been an honor to have my voice enter your ear holes or however you digest this. Maybe you're watching. Hey, I'm on YouTube, by the way. Why don't you give this video a like, a comment, a subscribe, a a spank on the ass, a kiss on the, uh, a slap, a slap in the dick. And <clears throat> all right, you know what? Just don't do any, you know, unsubscribe to me for, for the <laughs> just kidding. Don't do that. Um, yeah, with that, let's get, get out of here. You, <laughs> Hey, come on, stop. You guys gotta go. No, these guys, these would these strong guys or something. Anyone that gets that reference is my best friend. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you all. Yeah. I'm hard. Stand strong and